Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Hamilton. Happy Saturday morning. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yeah, you're listening to AM 900 CHML, Hamilton's news talk leader, and along with uh, Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. We also have in studio Laura Belak, sales representative with the Golfie team. Laura, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Uh, happy to have you along and happy to have all the listeners along for another week as well. You uh, have been tuning in for, uh, well, over a month, I think it's been, and, uh, you know, quite entertaining. I've, uh, I've learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot as well. Throughout the program, you can uh, get this information as we'll relay it throughout the hour. RobGolfie.com is the website you will want to visit. You can call Rob at 905-575-7700 all over social media. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram at RobGolfie and you can check out the RobGolfie Facebook page as well. A few topics today. We'll get our uh, funny real estate story of the week. Uh, these are coming in uh, rather nicely and always entertaining, so stay tuned for that. Uh, when interviewing agents, how do you decide which one to pick? Should you hire a realtor that is from out of town, or are you doing that realtor a favor that may cost you thousands later on? We're also going to look at the average home prices since 1955 in the Hamilton, Burlington, and surrounding areas. And we'll also look at uh, Toronto real estate gimmickry, which is uh, really testing people's patience. Good week thus far in the city of Hamilton? City of Hamilton, uh, April, uh, May is going to be uh, a re- another record month really, in sales. Eh? Yeah, we've had our best month ever. Uh, and uh, I mean, we are. I'm not sure if all the other agents yeah. out there are, but we definitely have had, wow. and I'm sure the real estate board is uh, has, has the same uh, numbers as uh, they're, they're up to. Um, the buyers are still out there. They're still buying, and uh, sellers, uh, they're getting great prices for their house, and there's still good deals out there. They're, I mean, we're still still undervalued for uh, a, a nice city size that mm-hmm. we are. And as the weather heats up, home buying heats up, because you know this is the time of year people want to uh, either put their homes up for sale or purchase homes because they're thinking about school in the fall, summer vacations, all that stuff, right? Yeah, this is, this is where the big uh, crunch comes in. Um, the houses are looking better, you know, the flowers are starting to be yeah. planted, the pools are opened, uh, the patio decks, you know, with the umbrellas and, uh, and the tables are out there. And, uh, and now if you, people have children, they want to make sure, uh, they have the right, uh, area that they're moving to, mm-hmm. uh, for their kids to go to school to. And so if they're moving, they want to make sure they get in before the school year starts. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, our first topic today, Uh, Toronto real estate gimmickry. This is um, uh, an offshoot of a story that was in the Toronto Star recently that looked at ridiculous asking prices in the GTA. And it pointed to one real estate agent who listed a semi-detached home, and it looked pretty nice according to the article, uh, listed this house for $1. Although the real estate agent told uh, this reporter that he would not accept anything less then 700,000, so that would be 7 million percent more than the asking price, um, after previously listing this home for 899,000 and it did not attract a buyer. So the low prices attract buyers who think 
the home fits their budget. You know, they look at the $1 price tag. While you're looking at the home, you may fall in love with the home. You might be inclined to pay a little bit more if there is a bidding war. So the article basically says the asking price for a home is meaningless and calls for the multiple listing service to reform its listing price practices. And it suggests listing the average selling price of comparable houses nearby to give a buyers uh, or give buyers a guide. So let's talk about setting the asking price for a home. Um, but maybe before we get to that, your reaction to the $1 listing. The, you know what? Somebody did that here in Hamilton, uh, I think it was last month or two. And, I mean, it, it works once in an area. Right. Like, um, I mean, if they get the publicity from the, the newspapers and the radio, absolutely. You know what? Then people are going to look at it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a home buyer and I'm looking for a house, like this one in, in Toronto, uh, the, the, he said they're not going to take anything less than 700000 so if I have on my criteria that I'm looking for a house between six fifty and seven fifty, I'm not going to see this house. Right. So that realtor, you know, is probably feeling, hey, I got a great, you know, gimmick, and I'm gonna, you know, market it. Yeah, no problem if you got the press behind you. But if you don't, mm-hmm. that one home buyer that probably would have given you good money for your house is not going to see it because on his criteria, like if it shows up as a one dollar on the real estate board. He will not see that house. Yeah. So unless you're reading the newspapers, and if you're if you're not reading anything else besides the Toronto Star, you'll see it. So yeah. that one home buyer that is looking, and if he's not reading the Toronto Star, he missed out on that right. property. So that home seller, the person that's selling the home, could have gotten a better price for it yeah. if if it was on multiple listing service at the full price that it should be uh, at. So literally getting shortchanged. I I think they're they're missing out on a lot of buyers, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Uh, they're you know I mean it's a great gimmick you know I mean if you can get the press behind you, but the press is not going to uh, advertise every single house that's listed for a dollar, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I mean if you get ten homes listed this month for a dollar, guess what? <laughs> yeah. so everybody, all those guys are going to get super shortchanged. Old, old news fast. Old yeah. news fast. So yeah. let's talk about setting uh, the asking price for a home. How, how does that work? What are you looking at? So when I walk in into a house, um, first I, 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 I look online and I get all the information on the house. I want to know the square footage yep. and I want to know, uh, and then I start doing a, uh, and I've got a checklist I go by. You right. know, how many bedrooms? How many bedrooms, you know, square footage, uh, what, what upgrades does he have? You know, how old is the kitchen, the right. shingles, the furnace, the windows, all that. And then I put down, see if I can find something similar to that. And, and you kind of dissecting the house. And then you try to push the market uh, above the other one, and 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 it does make. I'll tell you, it does make a difference on who you use as an agent. It, it, the, the more cre- creativity the agent is, the better the price you're going to get. Sure. And so that's where you set your price at. And um, and again, my myself as a realtor, and also the, the the person that's selling the home, we're not the buyers. So we're not the guys with the cash. Right. The guys with the cash are the buyers. So we're trying to get a general idea what a willing buyer is willing to pay. So we're trying to get close to that, you know, push the market to a level that we can get maximum dollars for that home seller. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like it's just, and then we, we, we put a price on it. You know, the homeowner feels he's got a price in mind, I've got a price, and then if we're coming close to what we feel is, the price should be, yeah. then, then we put it on the market. Is there almost a negotiator, uh, a negotiation between the realtor and the home seller in terms of, because the home seller is going to have a price in their mind even right out of the gate. You know, I want to sell my home for X amount of dollars, and you might come in and say, eh, that might be a little too high. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, the way I operate, some, sometimes when uh, uh, somebody's putting their house up for sale, they'll interview three agents, right? 
Now, I, I don't know who the other agents are, and and I know that agents will give a high number because if they know they're they're competing with two two other agents or three other agents, mm-hmm. they're going to give a high number because they know that's what the home seller wants to hear, right. yeah. and they fall for that trap. So the way I go in, um, I go in and I and I, and I tell them, I go look. Here's what, and I even bring my computer with me, so I've got. They can actually see pictures of other homes because mm-hmm. they, they. The one thing that everybody always asks, the house down the street that sold for this <laughs> price. Well, guess what? That was the asking price. It wasn't the selling price. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, "Oh, I thought it sold for this much, but it didn't." But um, but what I do is um, I, I I give them a general idea what the number should be at, right? And uh, and then and then I and then I, you know, I I explain my reasons and I show it to them and 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 it makes logic uh, what I'm showing them. And uh, and I tell them, listen, I ha- I understand that you want to list that. Let's say let's say we're talking about a house at five hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and I'm saying it should be listed at four seventy five. But I, I'll tell them, listen, I have no problem putting at five hundred thousand. We can try the market, and it'll satisfy the seller. Right. But but they'll get more action at four seventy five, and possibly maybe even get more than four seventy five. Yeah. But uh, but the market shows that you know I listed at four seventy five. It's probably worth four sixty five, four sixty. But 500 is definitely too high. Hmm. But another agent will push that market to 500, which may not sell. Right. And then they have to reduce the house, and then it could cost them money. But most home sellers, they will go based on uh, another agent giving them the price. And that's not the way to go. Not the way to go. Because yeah. you might not, um, you know, as a buyer, like that number. So you're going to, you know, lean to a, to a different property, obviously. But that's going to lead to more frustrations to the person who's trying to sell the home, too. Oh, absolutely. So I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, a few years ago, um, I, I went to an evaluation on Lockside in Stony Creek, and it's a waterfront property. Mm-hmm. Now, the homeowner, uh, I, I went in there, and I, I gave him a price about uh, $1.6 to $1.7 million. This right. is on the water, yep. beautiful property. And uh, and then and I'll ask him, so what kind of price uh, did you have in mind? Like, what were you thinking of? And he said two and a half million dollars. I go, uh oh. Wow. Now this guy that's can't a wait. Big gap. It, that's a big gap. Yeah. So he I, I could tell this guy couldn't wait till I got out of this house. <laughs> He's like, get this guy out of here. But and I and I said to him, listen, I, I go, I'll, I'll list it at two and a half million dollars to show you um that the market just won't bear that price for this house. Hmm. And uh but I asked him, I said, listen, I would want two years on the contract because it'll, by two years you'll figure out yeah my house isn't worth two and a half right. million dollars that's a very niche market to begin it, with it is very niche market yeah. so anyway um, I left I didn't I, I, I honestly didn't want the listing so he did list at two and a half million dollars and uh, and he, he had it on the market for two and a half years but here's how it started so he started at two and a half million dollars realized with this agent it didn't sell for two and a half he dropped it down to two million dollars mm. nothing nothing again then um, I think he dropped it another drop, but then he ended up at one point six million seventy thousand. Okay, so he's right in line what I told him. Now yeah. he's two and a half years on the market. Yeah. So I bump into him and I say, "Hey, you got your house priced right, but now you're not selling it." <laughs> so and he says, "I know." And now he's frustrated. Wow. So he called me again, and I and uh, and I said, "Yeah, I could sell this house." I said, "This is the number I told you." So. Now he says, okay, Rob, he goes, I want to list it 100000 higher than the last agent had it. Oh, I go, oh, my God. I go, how am I going to do this? So anyway, 
So I list the house, and uh, at a uh, hundred thousand higher uh, than the previous listing agent had it, and we sold it for one point six million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So he and, and his wife knew. She goes, "You were right, Rob. You were right." I says, "I know, I know. That's why people hire me." I go, <laughs> "But, but those are the those are the circumstances I go through." Yeah. And you know, because they, they that other agent did go along and give him go at the two and a half million dollars, which mm-hmm. it would he would never get that. Yeah, and he wasted two years, and who knows how much more he would have gotten if he initially listed at the price that you wanted. Well, think about this. So two and a half years went by. Now, we know how real estate prices have gone up in two yeah. and a half years yeah. in, in the Hamilton uh, area. So just think, now the house that he bought, he paid that much more for it. Yeah, exactly. So he really, you know, it cost him money from not listening to the right yeah, guy. He missed the boat. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, talk about our other um, uh, topics today, the average home prices in the Hamilton, Burlington, and surrounding area since 1955. Wow, what a dramatic difference it has been. Should you hire a realtor that's from out of town? And when interviewing agents, how do you decide which one to pick? You can call Rob Golfi at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. If you have a question we'll answer it on our next show email your question to questions at robgolfie.com you're listening to the hamilton real estate show on am 900 chml Welcome back. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio this morning with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also joining us, Laura Belak, sales representative with the Golfie team. Call Rob today at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. On social media, Twitter and Instagram, you can find them at Rob Golfie. Check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. If you have a question, email questions at Rob robgolfie.com. We will ask it and answer it on a future program. Today's topics uh, we dealt with uh, in our first segment, Toronto real estate gimmickry, the average home prices since 1955 in our area. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, we'll have a funny real estate story for you as well. I think we're going to make this a, a weekly feature. There's a lot of funny things we'll happening. we a lot of funny things happening out there. That's Dungeons sure. and other things that uh, Rob has visited. Um, in a, a minute or two, when interviewing agents, how do you decide which one to pick? But we'll start with should you hire a realtor that is from out of town, or are you doing that realtor a favor that may cost you thousands later? Yes, big mistake. Okay. Um, the the problem there is a lot of realtors, uh, l- like I said, the average realtor doesn't sell only four homes a year, and that's surprising, but a lot of people don't know that. Mm. So when you get a, a Toronto real estate agent coming in into Hamilton, and he has a relative that lives in Hamilton and he wants to put the house up for sale or vice versa. He's looking for a house in Hamilton, right. but I'm going to give you both scenarios. Okay. So when a Toronto real estate agent comes into Hamilton, puts a house up for sale, do you think that guy, when he gets a call on, on that house in Hamilton, he is going to jump in his car, drive all the way to <laughs> Hamilton and all that traffic and spend half a day yeah. to show one person a house? They actually flog those calls aside. They're hoping that 
a local realtor is going to sell that house for them. Wow. And so they're missing out on a lot of a lot of things. So uh, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is uh, if you hire an out-of-town agent to help you find a house in Hamilton. Now, Hamilton has funny pockets, mm-hmm. right? Um, you, you can have a, a street like on St. Clair Avenue, then two blocks over, it, it could be a, a bad yeah. uh, crime street. Yeah. But out-of-town agents won't know that. You have to have the pulse. You have to be living and working in this area mm-hmm. if you want an agent to help you find a house in your local market that where you're buying. Yeah. Like Laura here, I mean, we got lots of examples of, you know, uh, people, you know, buying a house. Like Laura, t- t- tell me some some stuff that... Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I uh, listed a property in Ancaster and um, the sellers wanted a certain amount of money. And uh, they were sold the property by another town realtor in London who didn't know our market. Mm-hmm. So at the time, you know, they liked the property. They paid for what was asking, which the property had been on the market for a while. Obviously, it wasn't selling because it was overpriced. Right. So when I went to list it, I mean, they clearly paid about 40000 more and um, they were expecting that back. At the end of the day, they uh, were relocating back to London, and uh, they ended up uh, about $20,000 short on that property. Wow. Yeah, so like, what happens is the previous owner ended up with their equity that they should have gotten while they were living there. Right, right. And my biggest question is when I uh, walk in on a, on a homeowner, and I can tell that uh, they purchased through an agent from out of town. So, and uh, and the one question sometimes I'm going, oh boy, these guys paid a lot of money for this house, and and I'll ask them a question just to get a feel if they understand that mm-hmm. if they did pay, if they know if they did pay too much for the house. And I say, how did you feel about the price that you paid for your house? And some people says, Rob, don't go there. I know I paid too much. I, you know, you could tell they regretted using that yeah, that agent yeah. to to find them a house in 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 the area. So that's one aspect of it, and um, and it hurts a lot of people. Like, I mean, uh, like. I'm, I'm going to say William Street. Bad street. Hmm. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, a lot of drugs and stuff on that street. Yeah. That street, market values go up and they go down. They go up and they go down. So what happens is a, lo- a local realtor will put it up for sale and then a realtor from uh, out of town that has no clue about William Street will come in with a and saying this is a great price, so they'll pay the full price. Right. All of a sudden, the people move in. They go, "Oh my God, <laughs> this is a, this is what did I I, I moved to?" Yeah. So then again, uh, they pay too much. So then the, the, another realtor comes in, the local realtor. Well, you're gonna have to price it. It's too much. You pay too much. You're you're gonna lose money. So it like streets like that. Mm-hmm go up and down in value just because you've got out-of-town people bringing in uh, out-of-town agents coming in and local agents it just goes back and forth yeah. and it's and there's there's quite a few streets like that in Hamilton that you got to be careful so if you're coming in from out of town and you end up buying a house on that street you're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna regret it and the interesting twist in and we've talked about this on past shows is that a lot of people from Toronto or the GTA are looking to Hamilton as you know their, their next step they may work in the GTA but they're seeing house prices and the value of the homes here in Hamilton are you know uh, quite a steal compared to what they're spending in Toronto and so those people are probably not necessarily looking at a Hamilton realtor to sell them that home well, is that a fair statement? Yeah, no, they exactly. So, be, what's happening with the real estate boards now? We're all becoming unified by using the same system, right? And uh, and that's like with the uh, Hamilton and Niagara board. We're uh, 
on the same system, so they can come this way and and get the same information now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and same thing, we can go that way. Now, uh, I think Oakville and Toronto, we're in the process of going through that now uh, because that's what's happening. So that's great. They have access to full information. Right, right. Uh, before, uh, I, I would get a call from an agent from Toronto say, hey, listen, can you send me the information on this house? And I'm like, I can't believe you, you're even representing somebody and you don't have no clue. This is one of your most expensive investments that you're ever going to buy. Yeah. So, But what happens is, still, that Toronto agent coming into Hamilton, showing clients houses in this area, they don't have the pulse of the city. They don't know what's going on. Yep. They don't read the local papers. They don't know like things that are happening in the area, like what's good or what's bad mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. like that. But like I like I said, like it, it could cost you thousands of dollars either way, whether you're buying through yeah. an out of town agent or selling through an out of town agent. Well, and and the number one factor in in buying a home, I would assume, is still location. Absolutely, right? Location, so, location, location. How's an outside realtor going to know? You know where the best spots in town for their particular client is. They don't. Yeah, they do not know, and uh, they try to get information from the local agents. They'll say, "Hey, I know so and so. Let's give them a call." And yeah. then you kind of, and most agents will, you know, help out the guy a little bit. And uh, but the best way to do it is refer. Um, so let's say you you, you want to hire. You got your sister, brother-in-law, relative. You live in Hamilton. But they're a realtor in Toronto, mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to get this Toronto market after, out. You know, they're going to come this way." That's fine and dandy. Um, I mean, people in Toronto, if they're looking in Toronto, they're going to look in Toronto. They're not looking in Hamilton. Yeah. But what happens? The best way to do it is to not have any conflict with your friends or relatives uh, uh, that are realtors out of town. Just just refer the business. Say, "Listen, uh, I, I'm coming to you, but..." You know, let's use a local realtor, but maybe mm-hmm. we can get a, a referral. You know, can you refer me somebody? So that realtor out of town will get a, a referral from the local agent in town. Right. That is the best practice, and it's the right way to do things yeah. because now the local um, seller is going to get the proper representation yeah. from the local agent, and then the agent from Toronto, he's going to get a little bit of a, a referral fee for referring that agent locally mm-hmm. and everybody's happy. It's really a win-win. Yeah, it's yeah. win for the seller, it's win for the local realtor and it's win for the out-of-town realtor. Yeah. Everybody wins. Have you ever uh, tried to sell a home out of market and if so, how difficult is it to do? I did it one time in my first year. We'll never do it again. Really? Yeah. Um, I did not know Anything in that market, you know, you're young, you're new in this business. I mean, you'll drive, yeah, you're conquer the world, you'll right? drive to Saskatchewan <laughs> when you're first getting in the business. Yeah, but um, but no, I and then after I did that, and, and it, this was uh, uh, way out in uh, Haldeman, and I, I we had access to the information, but I did not know the area. And I would never do it again. Mm-hmm. Never do mm-hmm. it again. And uh, and and I just stick to the local market that I know. Yeah, and Laura, have you gone out of market before? Yes, for family. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different Uh-oh. circumstances. Uh-oh. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, a whole other wrench. Because they want it for nothing, and I yeah. clearly didn't really know the market, so it was really difficult for me to negotiate for them. For sure. And the other agent wasn't an easy agent to deal with, so um, they're better off to be represented. 
Yeah, uh, it just makes sense. Uh, again, if you have a question uh, for uh, Rob Golfi here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show, email your question to questions at robgolfi.com. You can check him out online at robgolfi.com. Call him today at 905-575-7700. Check out the Rob Golfi Facebook page and on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram. You can search him at Rob Golfi. Let's fast forward to interviewing agents. So you have a real estate agent or, or a few that you're going to interview. How do you decide which one to pick? Talk about that. I mean, you've probably been through dozens of interviews. Go through it all the time. Yeah. There's 10 things that you should be looking for when you're hiring an agent. 10 okay. things. I've got I've got them written down here right in front of me. Okay. So Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> one, one, one is honesty. That's, okay. that's a key factor. Yep. Professionalism. Strong negotiation skills. Now, that makes a difference. That can make a difference from five to ten to $20,000 oh, sure. more in your pocket. So negotiations, you want the most experienced negotiator on your side. Yeah. Uh, create creativity. Now, you don't, you want somebody that, like, there are some, every house is different. So that means every house is marketed different. You don't want the agent that's just going to post and pray that something's going to happen. Right. The next thing is experience and, and proven results. So, I mean, you, Ask around who's got who's got the good reputation in the area. The next one is a great company uh, and large network of business connections. Uh, so you know somebody that you know is known in the community. They mm-hmm. probably know a lot of people. They you know chances are there's that little better chance of selling your house for a good price. For sure. Uh, frequent communication is with uh, important with the seller. Uh, we have uh, a lot of staff, including myself. We're always in communication with our our clients. And, and cutting edge technology. I am always up to date on cutting edge technology, mm. social media, and everything. We did a beautiful, um, 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 what do you call it, um, uh, video on this one house on the water. Unbelievable. Just alone on organic views, we had over 5,000. Wow. And we hired a company to do it. And we're not going to mention uh, who the company is because I want to keep it exclusive to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want other agents to know who these guys are. <laughs> um, but anyway, we uh, we hired them. They did a beautiful job. If you go on my YouTube station, uh, the Golfy team or Rob Golfy on YouTube, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, the house was on Lake Gate that we sold. Beautiful video. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And a, and a comprehensive marketing plan, and that's part of social media. Yeah, those are those are key factors. Now, again, I've gone uh, just the other day. I went on a on a listing presentation on the North Service Road. Okay. in uh, in uh, Stony Creek, uh, they did interview two other agents, and I gave them a number. So now I'm I'm explaining to them now the 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 lady of the house, she wants X amount of dollars in her pocket. And I, I said to her, uh, and I gave her my number where I think the number should be at. I think where it's going to end up going. Mm. And uh, and she's saying, well, I want one uh, 1.5 million in my pocket. And I'm going, oh boy. Wow. I go, so that means we're looking at 1.6 million that we have to start at. So, but the husband's being more realistic with me. And I say, well, I'm showing him the comparisons. And I says, you know what? I have no problem listing at 1.6. Like, did you get that number from somebody? Yeah, she goes, I had one number from 1.8 from this other agent, 1.675. And, and I go, did you tell them before they gave you the number what kind of number you were looking mm-hmm, at? Mm-hmm. And they go, I can't remember. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> so sometimes the agents will feel out the the, the seller yeah. to find out if uh, if what kind of number they're looking at. And they'll satisfy the client by giving them that number. Right. So, so you were thinking about a totally different number. I, my number, my number was totally different. So I, I, I said to them, I go, here's where the number is. I feel, but I have no problem listing it at the one point six. Right. 
but I but I suggested that I would want at least a one year contract with them because I do invest thousands of dollars into selling my clients' homes. Mm-hmm. So and I said I need to know I'm going to get my return on investment when I put your house up for sale. Sure. So I said you may want to you may want to think twice. You know I said I'm not pre- I'm not pressuring them. I says but I am the right guy. I know I am for you because we've sold a lot of waterfront and um, so. Uh, the husband was uh, really taking in what I was saying. He understood everything, and uh, and his wife was kind of like you know, um, like starting to realize you know, showing her other comparables and everything. She was starting to realize, but she still wanted the one point five. <laughs> but they understood that I'll work with them. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start there. But we can end up getting an offer at one point four or one point three five. I don't want them to to throw that away, which could be a great offer for their house. Yeah. So that's where my experience comes in. Yeah. And because another agent, they'll say, yeah, 1.6, 1.7, they get an offer for 1.4, which is a fantastic offer, but they blew that off, yeah. and then all of a sudden, they'll never see that again. Yeah. And now the homeowner's thinking, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah, so right. nothing's happening. So now, a year later, they've got it listed under the 1.4, yeah. because the, that agent you know, bypass that offer. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the uh, items on your top 10 list that uh, really struck me would be creativity. So how does that play into, um, uh, you know, that checklist and that interview process and and how do you go about answering creativity questions? Okay. Create creativity. Here's one aspect of it. Now, my, I'm a salesperson, right? My job is to get as many people into your house as much as possible. So now, um, I'll give you an example. One time, there was a, a house across the street from where I lived years ago, and it was a one-bedroom house. Okay. Now, who's going to buy yeah, a one-bedroom house? It's very yeah. tough. So, but, and it had two bedrooms in the basement, so it was okay. a one-plus-two-bedroom house. So I said to my clients, I go, look, you know what? This is going to be tough, but I'm going to do something. Um, I'm not sure if it's correct with the real estate board, but... I'm gonna, but you hired me, and my job is to get your house sold. Mm-hmm. So I listed it as a two plus one bedroom home. Okay. Because I knew if I listed it as a one plus two bedroom, the action on the house was gonna be good. But it was a beautiful house. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, Rick, if you saw this home, you would like, wow, you would have been wowed. So the guy that bought this house, he had an offer ready to go on another house, but he told his agent, I wanna see this house that Rob Golfi has for sale before we submit the offer on the other house. Right. They walked through the house. They fell in love with it. They took that offer. They scratched out the address <laughs> and put the address that I had the listing on. Really? And we sold it. Wow. That buyer later told me, goes, Rob, if this house was listed on the MLS as a one plus two bedroom, yeah. I would not even walk through the door. Wow. Yeah. So, And most people would say that. Yes, yeah. and most people say that. Yeah. But the house is so beautiful, I didn't. I knew people would love this house. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the creativity. So every house has a different marketing plan, yeah. and you just gotta you just gotta go with what the marketing what what, what the house it is. Yeah, and the negotiating skills that you mentioned as well that comes with experience too. It does. Yeah. It does. Like sometimes uh, um, there's other experienced agents out there. They try to, you know, renegotiate after uh, you, they do a home inspection. Mm. And I'll remember one story I said to one guy. Um, we sold his house. It was on Klein, Klein Mountain Road, uh, just on the border of uh, Winona and Grimsby there. And uh, the agent was trying to bully us into taking another $5,000 off the price. After the uh, uh, you know we agreed on a certain price, I said to my client, 
he really wanted this house sold. I said to them, look, you already gave him a good price. It's a fantastic price. Right. This was years ago. And uh, I go, I wouldn't do it. He goes, but Rob, I don't want to lose the deal. I don't think you'll lose the deal. And and I, I and I said, listen, I'll buy your house if this guy doesn't go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so the agent, we told him, give us the mutual release if you don't want the house, right? Say, you know, if yeah. you don't want it, Balls we're not going to give you the five thousand. Right. They firmed up their deal between eleven and twelve o'clock, at, uh, close to midnight, wow. because wow. they thought they were they were stalling us, and they thought we were bluffing them, and I wasn't. Yeah. I knew that they were going to go for it, and their agent was upset about it, but they went for the deal. I knew it. When you know your market and you know your business, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. It will save you thousands of dollars. So, guys, when you're looking for an agent, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm what in the same all. position right now, waiting yeah. for either a mutual release. Or uh, you know to firm up, same thing. They yeah. want three thousand dollars off the price. So I said to the client, "Don't worry about it. We'll get it." Yeah, wow. That's how we treat uh, that. We train. We train that way. Yeah. We we train hard. And strategy we make is sure. a huge part of it, right? Yes. It, it is. It's yeah. a huge part. Experience goes a long way. So a lot of times, like Laura, she's working in the middle of something, and and here's the questions I ask: Who you what's the agent you're working uh, the deal with? Mm-hmm. Okay, where's the property? This and that. So now I've got all my information. And because we do a lot more deals than most other agents do, we have kind of, a, it's not a database, but it's a database in, my, in our heads. We know how each agent operates in negotiations. Right, so right. we know the, the, how we can take advantage of them or how, well, not take advantage, but how their, their, their weaknesses and their strengths. Yes. We know each agent's weakness and strengths, so we know how to push those buttons. Mm-hmm. There's so, definitely like one realtor, for example, that comes to mind that I know is very strong negotiator. So when I'm up against him in multiples... I tell my clients, we have to be very aggressive mm-hmm, or we're mm-hmm. going to lose. And, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Let's make for a good TV show. Oh, I know. <laughs> HGTV, maybe. There you go. Come knocking. Hey, we got to run here. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the average home prices in the Hamilton, Burlington, and surrounding area since 1955. Stay tuned for that. If you have a question for Rob, email questions at robgolfie.com. Find him online at robgolfie.com and call him today at 905 905- 575-7700. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio this morning with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also along for the ride today, Laura Belak, sales representative with the Golfie team. Call Rob today at 905 575 7700, online at robgolfie.com. If you have a question for the show, email questions at robgolfie.com. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at robgolfie and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. All right, let's turn our attention to uh, the average home prices since 1955 in the Hamilton, Burlington, and surrounding area. And change would be one word because it has certainly changed dramatically over the last few decades. Oh, yes. Um, Like if you want to talk about uh, the average price in 1955, uh, it might be your uh, parents or grandparents. They can tell you that they bought, uh, you know, their bungalow or little one and a half story home. Mm -hmm. For about ten thousand dollars, 
And then now, uh, to buy that uh, bungalow or a one and a half story or, or whatever, I mean, the average sale price now is uh, on the, uh, as last year, is four, almost $450,000. Wow. That's, that's uh, uh, the stats taken between uh, the Hamilton, Burlington and surrounding areas yeah. combined. And that includes Grimsby as well. That includes okay. Grimsby, Dundas, Ancaster and surrounding areas. Yeah. That's a tremendous return on investment. Yeah. <laughs> Be- better than buying mutual funds. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and any RSPs or whatever, yeah. absolutely. There are uh, a few decades that really uh, come to mind in terms of big changes. The the 80s, where we saw some dramatic change, the 90s, and certainly in the 2000s as well. That's right. So... In the in the 80s, there was uh, there was a recession uh, uh, that started in 1980, and interest rates back then hard to believe, but 21 to 22 percent. That's insane. I, I don't like. That's I, like your credit card. It, no kidding. Yeah. Can you imagine putting your house on a on a credit card and paying 24 <laughs> percent? Wow, that is crazy. But in 1980, th- there was a recession. And um, home prices were still climbing slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like um, house, there were a lot of houses going up for sale. A lot of them weren't selling. Yeah. But whatever ones were selling, the the values were still climbing every year in mm-hmm. the uh, in the early '80s. And then uh, then suddenly, you know, things started changing. Uh, there, there was another building boom in the uh, mid mid '80s that started going from the mid '80s to uh, the late '80s. And then we ended up with the 1990 recession. And I think the the price increases in the late 80s was so dramatic. But in 1990, it was like a light switch went off. And in, in the U.S. experienced this in 2008. And 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 um, and but we only ex- we didn't experience that in the last recession. But from 1990 to 2000, real estate values didn't climb that much for 10 years. And that was a that was a long decade. I mean, houses were selling, but they just stayed stagnant. Yeah. And uh, because the prices just increased so much at that time. So, uh, but then after uh, 2001, two, three, things started climbing again. So the only recession in history where house prices didn't climb through recession was mm-hmm. the early, was the was the early 90s. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, so in 1990, the average home price in the Hamilton, Burlington, uh, Grimsby, you know, CMA uh, was 162,000, and the next year, 91, it fell to 151. Yes, that went down to 144, up a bit to 147, back to 144, and then it started climbing basically from there 155 156 159 164 172 by the year 2000 so was there a a correction with the recession there, there was a correction but interest rates there uh were at thir- about 13 yeah. percent uh, i remember having a mortgage and and i was renewing every six months and i'm like oh my god you know like th- this this uh this mortgage rate like like it 13 percent was it made a difference like yeah. when it dropped like three three percent like you notice like a hundred dollars two hundred dollars a month off right. your, off your mortgage 5.7 was high yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah all you guys out there you haven't experienced 13 percent and i can imagine the people that are a lot older they were experiencing 21 percent mortgages so yeah. right now a two two to three percent mortgage that you're getting yeah i mean those are great rates i mean if you can lock in and if you're not going to move uh, from your house for a while, lock mm-hmm. in at those rates uh, five or ten years if you can. Absolutely, and that's really spurring a lot of the activity as well. You know, especially with the young home buyers, they're looking at that percentage, thinking, "Yeah, I'll take the dip for for three percent in a good house price in a good market. Why not?" Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, the the difference between I think the early '90s and all the other recessions, I, I, I it, it's hard to tell, but every recession's housing prices always climbed up mm-hmm. like they've always they're always increasing so except for the early 90s like 2008 i mean we had a little minor bleep there 
and uh, and housing prices were still climbing. Yeah, they were like you know every year they still you know like 1980 they were um, so let's say 2007 they were at 274. To, let's say two hundred seventy-five thousand. Right. Two thousand eight, two hundred eighty-seven thousand. Two thousand and nine, two hundred ninety-four thousand. And two thousand ten, three hundred fourteen. So there was a little recession there. You know, the builders they weren't building as many houses, but they were still selling. And mm-hmm. you know, there was uh, the resells. There was a lot of expired listings at the time, but housing prices still went up in value, even though there was a recession yeah. going on. One other quick note. So, 2010, the average price of a home was, let's say, 315. Yes. Now we're at almost 450. Are, are prices rising too high? Um, you know what? I don't. I, yes and no. I mean, we feel that, but as long as they keep bringing immigrants into this country, and the immigrants they're bringing in have money, yeah. So they're they're getting off that airplane. First thing they're doing is buying they a home. Buy a house. They're you know, home ownership's important, and uh, so that's what's. That's what's causing, you know, and that's happening everywhere across Canada and the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Like they're buying houses. We're we're immigrating people with money. Back in the in the fifties, uh, in sixties, when immigrants were coming into the country, they didn't have money, so yeah. they had to work for a bit and save some money for the down payment and then apply for a mortgage. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was tougher. It's a different 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 status the way it is now. Let's take another break. We're going to come back with uh, the funny story of the week and uh, some more details on how you can get uh, in, in touch with Rob Golfie. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. For one last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML, Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also in studio, Laura Bielak, sales representative with the Golfie team. And Lori has our, uh, or Laura has our funny story of the week. So a number of years ago, I was uh, taking care of a realtor's business as he was on vacation, and uh, we were ready to present an offer on one of his listings at my office the and the seller was in his truck I went ran in the office the other realtor was in the boardroom and she gave me this really dirty look and I couldn't understand why so I went into my office and I all of a sudden I just feel something different well my dress had ripped all the way up to my waist oh no uh oh <laughs> so I'm in a panic because now I'm going to be in front of like four people and I have a friend who had a business uh, close by and I called her. I'm like, do you have a long sweater? Please bring it now. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah. so she did. Wow. But uh, yeah, actually, I have another quick uh, funny story. I was previewing a home and the I get there and the door was open. It was really dark and there was a sign that says we kill every fifth realtor. You're number four. Oh, no. So I put my foot in, and there's a man in the dark, boxes piled up with a neck brace. He says, come on in. And I ran. <laughs> At the time, I was scared. But Holy. now when I think about it, it was pretty funny. Wow. So was this person just like pulling off a joke? or I don't know you didn't if want he to was find a out. tenant or an owner. I just ran. Wow. Like, I wasn't going to find out. That's pretty scary. It, yeah. There's, there's one story. I remember uh, uh, I met a client, and he was outside with his dog. And um, so he, um, you know, he was picking up uh, the dog uh, poo and mm-hmm. putting it in a little bag and everything. So <clears throat> we sat down and we're talking and he keeps telling me, um, I, 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 he smells something. And I go, I don't, I don't smell anything. <laughs> like, he, 
and, and he goes, it smells like like poo. Yeah. And I go, I, I don't smell it, right? I don't smell it. So <laughs> after, like, this guy thinks I smell, right? right? And he's smelling this really bad odor on him, yeah, like around yeah, him, yeah. Like where, where, where I'm, I'm right across from him. I said, I don't smell anything. So anyway, he realized after an hour meeting with this guy thinking I smell, he had the dog poo in his pocket. Oh, no. And the odor was just kind of leering up towards his nose oh, from his pocket. No. And it was it was him that he picked up the poo from this dog and oh my god and this guy's thinking I I'm the one that uh, holy that, uh, cow smelled. that was a that was a pretty strange uh, uh, event that wow. I had yeah. so how did that end up oh I I got the listing he realized <laughs> after so I, I sold the house and everything worked out well so that was good that was good you got and we talked about this on past shows too you must have a number of stories that you uh, you know exchange in the office some fun maybe not some fun at times but yeah. uh, it sounds like you guys have a fun time. Oh yeah, we yes. do. There's you know, there's tough, there's uh, you know, stressful times, but there's uh, you know, some yeah. funny moments for sure. Absolutely. And you want to give another plug to the golfy team? Listen, uh, I just want to say that uh, you know, we, we were talking about you know, hiring an agent. Please do not make the mistake of hiring an out of town agent uh, to do uh, the local work. Uh, you know, give the local guy or give me a call, especially because I'm telling you, you won't regret it. We have such a powerful team. We do a lot of training, and you will not regret. We always do well for our clients, especially on the outcome of their price on their mm-hmm. homes or in negotiations on, on anybody that's buying. Yeah. And obviously, you have that checklist, that top 10 list that uh, you know buyers or sellers are going to want to investigate and, and go through that, that interview process. Yes, please do. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, we do that a lot of other agents don't do. And uh, we'd love to sit down with you and uh, go, go over that for sure. Do you have a tip for a homeowner on questions to ask that they should be asking? You know what? Um, I I do have a list of questions. Um, I'm gonna I'll I'll see if I can post that, that on my show? website okay. and then list the questions you should ask your realtor before yeah. you uh, put your home up for That'd sale. That'd be a good one. I'm sure there's people out there thinking, yeah, you know, I want to sell my home in a, in a year or two or a month or two. You know, what should I ask in in this interview process? Exactly. You can find those answers uh, online at robgolfie.com. Call them at 905-575-7700 on Twitter and Instagram at robgolfie, and you can check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. Don't forget, if you have a question, we'll answer it on next week's program. Email questions at robgolfie.com. Rob, Laura, thanks for coming in today. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We are back next Saturday morning at 9. This has been the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML.